Welcome to the Star Found Podcast, an actual play podcast of the tabletop role-playing game Starfinder by the lovely people at Paizo. Now, some of you may know Starfinder and its cousin D&D and may know exactly what I'm talking about. And some of you may be totally in the dark. Don't worry, I'm here to fill you in. A tabletop role-playing game mixes the boundaries between long-form improvisation and board games. And what this means is that a group of friends sit around a table and collaboratively tell a story, the outcome of which is decided by rolls on a 20-sided die that's modified by the character's abilities and skills. Now, several of these friends are the players, and they have made characters that are the heroes of the story. Meanwhile, one friend takes on the role of the Game Master, who is sort of the arbiter of the game. They play, but they are also directing the action, you might say. So as the game plays out, if a player wants their character to shoot a laser blaster to hit the target of their bounty in the knee, there are mechanics for that. Or if the heroes need to get into a factory that's producing an army of war robots, they might choose to disguise themselves, or they might try to talk their way in, or they might have some other way of doing it and we talk it out together. We are recording this second season of Starfound live on twitch.tv slash hearthsingergames every Thursday at 7 o'clock p.m. Eastern Time. So go give us a follow right now. The first season is available on iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud now, as well as on our YouTube page. So go get caught up. Give us follows, likes, and where you can, write positive or constructive comments. It really helps to get our podcast into the hands of more listeners. New episodes will be released every Wednesday evening, but if you just can't wait that long, head over to patreon.com slash starfoundpod and consider pledging at least $5 to get access to the video a whole week earlier, as well as some other sweet patron-only rewards, including private streams and polls that affect the story of the podcast. We have something new happening on patreon.com slash starfoundpod. For our $10 and up crewman patrons, we have started creating patron characters with them that live and exist inside the world. And once a month, they get to choose an action that their characters do, and then we resolve it with a dice roll at the end of the month. Now, I'm not entirely certain how this is going to play out because it's based on what our patrons decide to do with their newfound power, but I'm hoping that the characters that they create and the actions that they take will feature into the story of Starfound. This is just another way for you, as our listener, to interact with the story and the world that we are creating. Now let's meet some of these mooks, our mostly fearless Starfinders. I'm Anne Richmond, and I play Amaruk Yuka, Vlaka Solarian, First Claw of Clan Yuka, and Emotional Support Captain for the crew of the Kingfisher. I'm Helena Anderson, and I play Jaleskia, a very clumsy Kasathan mystic zoologist, and I believe in the pursuit of knowledge and friendship. Friendship is good, too. Hi, my name is Parker Wallace, and I play Caster 9, android mechanic and pilot of the Kingfisher. Happy to be of service. Hi, I'm Dexter Warren, and I play Jabberwocky, a skittermander technomancer. I'm a magical boy tech whiz with a love of stories and shiny. 
Now sit back, strap in, or at least hold on to something. Let's get Starfound. Welcome back, y'all. Thank you so much for coming. Did you enjoy Beyonce? Was the halftime show good? D&D Beyonce? D&D Beyonce. D&D Beyonce? <laughs> Our best bard. <laughs> Highest charisma. Highest How dare you? Charisma. Oh, God, I said that on the on the Heart Singer Games channel. My bad. How very, very so sorry. I'm so sorry. It's okay. It's fine. Isn't you know like what? I'm still working on it. Oh my god. All right. If you like it, then you should have gone inspire it. If you like it, then you should have gone inspire it. Don't be mad if they don't hire it. Don't you like it if you gotta get inspired by it? Whoa, oh, 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 oh. Man, I should have a new name. I should be D and D Beyond to say. I have a whole plan now. There goes the rest of the next two weeks. Execution. Fuck Animal Crossing. Uh uh. I'm from the Bay Wilds. Yeah, I'm from the Bay Wilds. Holy shit. Honestly, I should probably find somebody else to give this idea to because it's really good. Hello. Yeah, I was like, Dex, why don't you take this idea? Yeah, take it over. Go. Yeah. All right. Take it. Shall we? We shall. Clappy claps. Last time on Starfound, the crew descended into the temple in the middle of the City of Wonders, finding their way deeper and deeper until they encountered a strange fire creature, a bunch of ghosts, and eventually the Eidolon guarding the well that they seeked. Sook? Seek. Sought. Sought. Took, took, took I can't even do one last time on without y'all's help. Sotted. <laughs> sought. Take sought of. Be sotted. All right. <laughs> so this, this, this creature has just spoken. Respect. I haven't had that in a very long time. Um, Amaruk, you have blind sense. How many feet of blind sense? 30 feet? 30. You can feel a single footstep of this thing, right? It is large. It is heavy. And you can also hear the moving joints and pieces, and it does seem to be artificial, Mm -hmm. right? As you guys were talking about last time. Um, questions, actions, concerns? She she says, so So she had just said she hadn't had respect in a long time. Mm-hmm. And Amaruk uh, kind of swallows hard and then says, Are you the Eidolon, as was foretold? I am, indeed. And... W- who are you to brave this broken place of dreams perverted? My name is Amaruk Yuka. I'm the first clan, uh, the first claw of Clan Yuka, 
which means absolutely nothing here, honestly. I sort of fell into your world. Well, on purpose. I, I guess I jumped into your world. Because where I am from, things are falling apart. There is a creature of shadow who threatens to blink out every star. To end a life I have spent a long time helping people to build. And my friends and I are here to save that world. You are a guardian and you know what it is to protect. Yes. But, Amaruk of Clan Yuka, of a foreign star, you have not told me what you want from me. Well, that definitely, you know, matters. Um, we were here to learn more about the well. You see, there is someone who asked if we might be able to bring a cup of water from the well to them. And in return, we would get what we need to seek and hunt the thing that plagues us. Hmm. A cup of water from the well of clarity. Yes. I guard this well not only because it's... Well, let me restate that. I have been put here to guard this well from others. But now... After all that has happened, I fear I much more guard others from this well. Did the people up above in the city, did they drink from the well and become the hungry? The story is much more long and complicated than that, but essentially, yes. Well, the well, the well, was the first step in a long series of steps that led them to their soulless hunt. Well. Well. I would hazard your eidolonness that... I think it is dangerous to give people access to powerful things. And we are not asking for free access for everyone. We just want a single cup. And while I know that may sound stupid because who knows the kind of damage a single cup of an all-powerful source could bring, I also believe that there are limitations we were born here on the backs of stories of how people never returned. How people feared this place. How they looked on its strange walls from afar and left before their friends could come home. If you give us what we seek, frankly, there's not even a promise we'll make it back to our ship 
or that the ship will make it back to port. It is a small risk that you take and an even larger one that we take. Bargaining with your incompetence. Well, yeah, it's not great, I guess. I think that's just normal gambling, Kia says, like, eyes down, like, very, very (laughs) directly on the floor. Around the corner. (laughs) Yeah. Like an ear to the wall. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like Ethel and I Love Lucy. Who else is with you? Come, friends. Yep, yep, that's that's us, y'all. That's us. Uh, Kia stumbles forward. Hello, Eidolon. Uh, she bows her head. Castor comes out of the shadows, draws his cane sword, and uses the reflection um, instead of looking at the Eidolon, going, Castor 9, at your service. Nice, Castor. This creature, you can see pieces of it. You see, you think, two legs behind uh, beautiful, beautiful silken cloth right? Mm. Strong metal legs with like carefully articulated joints. Joints that would not look out of place on an android in your world, right? And as you you parse up and through like the flickering reflection of your cane sword, you know how it is to look through a tiny, tiny reflection at something and try to get an an impression of what it is, especially when you're like holding it down and trying to hide the fact that you're doing it, right? So through that flickering reflection, you can catch arms and it looks like a a large, large kind of piece of uh, wood as well. that looks like it's artfully carved, but the head and eyes are hidden beneath these these like tumbling, swirling mess of more, I, I don't know if I call them arms or tentacles or something, but they're like multi-articulating uh, 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 tendrils that make up this person, creature, thing's hair. Um... And she says, so many of you have come for just one drink. Well, I have confidence that if you made it here, you can make it out again. The question is, why you? Why should I not turn you to bones like every other person who has dared to cross that threshold? Well, well, oh, go ahead. No, please. Well, to be absolutely frank, um, I could really care less about drinking the cup or whatever is in the well of clarity. See, we're just here because it's a quest for someone else, and he has the information we need to kill the shadow beast and save our world and every other world out there. So I should give it to you for someone else who even you do not know the purpose of. Let me be more clear, because I think Castor makes an excellent point, but we know that this person is also the protector of their own city. We are protectors of our planet and our city, 
And yet we are always looking beyond. We came here because we went to save our friends. And they were brought here by this force that we fight. Things are wrong. They are made wrong and they must be put right. And that is our responsibility. We are the only heroes, the only ones who will look into that well and see not a benefit for ourselves, but salvation for several, several peoples. Ah, uh, things are wrong that must be put right. Huh. You four see clearly enough you do not need the water for yourself. That is true. For you see to my heart without even looking upon me. You will have what you've came for. You will have what you came for. And I shall set something right today. And you hear the splash of water. And large footsteps and the dripping of water onto stone. And then in front of your face like down you're looking down faces right you see mm -hmm. a single cup made of it looks like mithril set and it's full of this perfectly clear water and in the reflection you can see the wiggling form of this person right who has two two silvery eyes and skin that's like half metal and half skin kind of merged and fixed together and the tendrils hang down moving and more eyes are set into each of them and she says do well with what i have given you but I trust you. Be safe. Be quiet. And do not listen to the hungry ones. Of course. Yes. What is it you need to put right? What I need to put right was broken so long ago that the pieces are scattered across eternity, across time itself. Thank you for your care, but the, the city of wonders is dead. And I am just the last breath. Nothing is dead when there's a story about it. Uh, and we will tell yours. You make me smile in spite of myself. Now go before they smell you. Oh, and she kind of sniffs herself and goes, yeah, I get, uh, all right. <laughs> <laughs> Dex. Um, Jabby will telepathic message the Eidolon uh, and say, you've lived for so long. 
how do you feel the eons watching things crumble around you when you remain, when your task is completed? Um, prayer and patience. Prayer and patience, little one. Be careful of the marks you have received. He does not mean you well. Um. Oh, oh shit. Oh. Abby bows. <laughs> and you all head out, right? Yeah. 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 Uh, can somebody else hold this? And Kia's hands are kind of shaking with the cup. Uh, and then yeah. she also realizes she has the dowsing rod and she like looks down and turns back and goes, um, excuse me, do you want this, this dowsing rod? Is that A something A hand you comes around the corner and this big metal, like silver hand reaches around and just plucks it from your, your, your like extended yeah. arm, right? So um, gently, Just right? gently like... and specifically these long fingernails sharpened to a point, but painted purple, each of them. And she says, I love your manicure. <laughs> Thank you. And you depart, you like rush up the stairs, yeah. right? As yeah, quickly I and run. as quietly as you can. Yeah. And you make your way back out into the dwindling light above um, Thalerion. Yeah. And carefully make your way through the city, um, winding yeah. a wine. So, yeah, yeah, Anne, absolutely. Sorry. So as, as due to her uh, warning mm -hmm. that we all should be careful and be quick and be quiet... Mm -hmm. Amaruk takes to the sky, flying above them, so that she can see past these towering, uh, just monolithic towers mm -hmm. that have been built throughout the, the city and try to keep an eye on them, but also uh, report down uh, quietly as quietly as she can manage to those below. Absolutely. So you fly up as high as you can, and you see in the streets around them that there's movement beginning to happen. And she says, they are on the move, whatever they are. We must move swiftly and quietly. And she flies down. She says, do you want me to hold on to it and stay above? Or are they attracted to this, perhaps? I, I think they probably are. Yeah, maybe you should take this. Okay. Yeah. I don't know if they could fly. It could be worse. It's a risk. <laughs> uh, and she takes it. <laughs> also, can we put it in a sealable container? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A yeah. sippy cup. <laughs> totally. Yes. We sippy cup it. Great. It's an, it's, an, it's, it's somewhere degree. contained and you take yeah. off. Um, can I yeah. get a stealth check and athletics check from those three of you on the ground? <laughs> Kia's That's just like tripping over herself, just sure rolling thing. most of the way. <laughs> I don't know. I've been doing my step aerobics really re religiously. Athletics. Ooh. Okay. Athletics is. Excuse me. Uh, 13. Good. And stealth is. 25. All right. All right. All right. Yeah. Stealth 30. Athletics 26, my dude. Whoa! I told you I've been practicing. <laughs> All right, Dex. 
26 stealth, 11 athletic. Great. Fantastic. So you all are like absolutely quiet, but it requires you go going a little bit slower. And to everyone's surprise, Kia is like running a block ahead as silent as shadow and like looking around every corner, peering back and forth and motioning you all to head up as you two like carry up the rear. And Amaruk in the sky, you're watching this happen and cheering them on. Perception check? Sure. Here I go. Uh, I'm assuming you mean me. Yes. Great. Um, oh, right. I. Oh, wait. No, that's that's my... Okay. Sorry. I was yeah. like, wait a second. I have zero, but then I realized I don't have my stats on my sheet. On, on Foundry. Yeah, tabletop. absolutely. Okay. Uh, <laughs> cool. So, yeah, it's a plus five. It's not yeah, the worst fine. thing that's ever happened. It was fine. It was fine. It was great. It's fine. It was great. Right. Roll d20 plus five. All right. An 18. Could have been a lot worse. Yeah. Um, so as you're sailing, right, you're like peering down and looking at uh, trying to figure out where this movement is happening. And you see like a surge, this large thing comes trundling out of this building a block over from them and you reach down to them and tell them to divert and go in the other direction away from it Mm -hmm. and as this is happening you're drifting closer and closer to one of the towers yeah and you don't see something this long multi-jointed arm reaching out at you as it grabs at your right wing trying to Pull you ah. down. Um, yeah. How do you respond? Uh, well, not well, Miles. <laughs> okay. So she uh, feels this thing grab her wing, mm-hmm. and it's. I imagine if you had surgery to attach angel wings to your body, and it's only within the first, you know, couple of months of that. Yeah, 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 sure, yeah. It's, it's still tender. Like, you're still getting used to the sensation of of having, like, not only using wings, but, like, the area where it's detached. And her first instinct is to just knife at whatever it is. Like, it's the first time she's felt protect. Like, the, the those things are her body. Yeah. Right? Like, and the, the instinct you feel when somebody grabs you and you just smack them away. Um, and so her claw of hard light extends from her fingers and she just goes to hammer it into whatever it is. Fantastic. Roll me that attack check. I will. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. Flying slash. 20 plus... Amazing. 28. Amazing. That's a hit. Roll me some damage. Okay. She's going to attune to Photon. Great. Photon. Uh, 22 damage. 22 damage. Nice. That's literally the number that I was looking for. As you lash out, um, cutting clean through the bone and sinew of this thing, and you hear this sound, this... As around the corner of this tower, like peeling itself out of yeah. of the one of these large, large arced windows, comes this thing, 
It looks like several human beings growing on top of each other, all of them with these wide open, like their mouths have been extended and stretched open yeah. so that they can consume more rows and rows of teeth in these three humans. And then the arms are like spider legs, but like yeah. human arms joined together like end on end. It's but with people. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I need you to I make a it. reflex check as this thing like lunges sure. forward towards you. Sure, sure, sure. I'm picturing oh. the amnesia dark descent mouth on the monster oh. just like that. Oh. <laughs> oh. Gross. This is nasty and I want to draw it so bad. (laughs) Do it. it. I feel like that's with all of the monsters in this game. I'm like, gross. I want to draw it. Twelve. Twelve. It lands like on your back, scraping down, Mm -hmm. trying to just pull you to the earth. Action? Yeah. Uh, Well, you know, I would like to explode in flame. Um, by activating Blazing Orbit with my yeah, second attack. Yeah, absolutely. Go for it. Uh, and so as a move action, I move up to my speed with concealment for attacks made against me. Great. So whatever that means for them. Yeah. Uh, and then I leave a trail of fire in every square for 2d6 to anyone who passes through it. They're on me. Yeah. So why don't you make me, uh... What's the equivalent of it? an acrobatics check? Mm-hmm. Sure, sure. Oh, great. Yeah, that's a good number. <laughs> I mean, I haven't rolled yet, but this, the flat number is solid. <laughs> Let me check. Yeah, it's 12. 20. Nice. Beautiful. You slip out of the hands of this thing, bursting into flame as you do. Yeah. And you you all down below see this, hear this pop as suddenly up above you this... You just see like a comet exactly, that is yeah. Amaruk. Yeah. <laughs> a shooting star peels down and this like burning piece falls out of it and you can hear the howls of this creature and then you hear the city around you start to come alive as the yeah. wind that howled through the city begins to moan with its own life and you run all of you sprinting as fast as you can down towards the door, Amaruk guiding you as until finally you reach the gates which peel open for you and you escape out onto the pier, Amaruk coming down to land next to you. Mm-hmm. And over the top of the walls, you see faces begin to peer, mm-hmm. just eyes Hundreds and hundreds of eyes peering over the gray walls of the City of Wonders. Uh, Amaruk gets out her radio on her wrist, right? And she's like, Undock, pull away from the dock! We're coming! <laughs> Chaos, everyone on the ship goes into like quick movement as you dash down this long marble pier that leads out to the. Oh, I forgot the name of the ship. It's not the yoke. That's the other ship. Uh, the, the smoke and salt. The salt, yes. salt and the salt smoke. And smoke. Yes. Yeah, good name, good name. And you. And, but 
as you look behind, you see that the entire city has fallen into stillness. And now there's only this persistent disharmony of a moan that chases you. The salted smoke undocks and sails off, being carried by the wind that almost feels like it's being made by the groaning hunger of these creatures. And once again, you're out on open ocean. Guys, we did it again. We did what no one else could do. I feel so free. We're the best, she says. It's a lot of... A lot of auditory information you're giving me there. Okay. Okay. You okay? Me... Yeah, just gonna let my heart keep up. Okay. Okay, here we go. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, no, no, we we, we did that. <laughs> we did. Where's Mercy? Mercy! <laughs> and Kia starts calling for Mercy. <laughs> Mercy's right there. <laughs> hi, hi. I'm sorry about the way we left things there. Um, what, do you, what do you mean? Did you hear me? Hear you, hear you say what? Oh, uh, that I love you, and I think you're great, and um, you could be my first mate any day. <laughs> kind of like looks off into the <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, Amaruk appears behind uh Mercy's shoulder, and she just makes the now motion with her hands. Yeah, and Kia like will grab Mercy and do the classic like times uh, times square. It's not times square. Uh, the dip, the dip kiss. The dip, yeah. dip. The, the nice yeah. kissy dip. Great. Yeah. Fantastic. Kissy dipsy. Beautiful. Um, and one. as this happens, Amaruk goes, we're the best! Like, we were, like, it's <laughs> that... like everything she ever wanted. That is an image. All right. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. So you, you're now sailing back to yeah. uh, uh, the city of, 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 oh my God. Of not bright clouds. Oh, yeah, Celephice. The city of in sunset. Um, it's again a couple weeks of journey. Any any actions y'all want to do on the? How are you spending your time? I see. Dex, Dexter is ready. Let's go. Yeah. Yeah. What is what is um, Jappy doing? As as we pull away from the dock and we start heading out, mm-hmm. Jappy will keep uh, watching. Um, the distance, just to be sure that nothing is coming after us mm-hmm. for an unnecessary amount of time, because mm-hmm. um, paranoia. Mm-hmm. Um, and then once he feels less suspicious and less paranoid, then he's gonna use his silk to uh, weave uh, a comforter, uh, and then just kind of like walk around as a burrito blanket. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Um, Amaruk at some point in this burrito life is going to come up to you with a, you know, an ale or a drink or whatever is available to us on the ship. Yeah. And hand it to you. Grog. Yeah. Grog. Um, I'll take it. Thanks. Of course. You know, I couldn't help but hear what she said to you. Oh, that was telepathic. Oh, that was telepathic. Yeah. I heard nothing. I couldn't help but <laughs> notice your tattoos. Mm. 
Yeah. Um, Jabby will stretch an arm out from underneath the blanket and just kind of look at the onk. Yeah. Um, that's a new thing that's kind of going on. You know how dreaming here is weird? Oh, yeah. Super fucking weird. Yeah. They think something might have latched on to me, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, she she wants to, I guess, judge. I don't know. Let's figure out how we should adjudicate this, right? Um, Because she wants to, my impulse was to say, like, latched on, or did you give it an invitation? Mm. Um, And I wanted to know if that's okay to say, or if you want me to do a sense motive first. Uh, I think it's fair to say. I think you can go ahead. Okay. Yeah. Right. I just didn't want to like butt mm-hmm. into your story without you being, you know, down. Sensitive. Okay. Yeah. Go for it. Cool. Uh, so she, uh, she kind of like looks at you for a long time and she says, you know, changes in faith. Um, for some people, it's like the wind in sails. It's, you know, comes from a direction and you change in order to suit the way you're going. But for you, Jabby, that's never been a sense that I've had about you. So when you say it grabbed on, did you offer it a hand? Well, I certainly do have several to offer. Well, as you've said, when it comes to fate, there are those who change with the wind and there are those who are at the center of their own hurricane. Some of us are stuck in the doldrums having to paddle. I wanted a little help paddling. I feel that. I do. I just... I know you've got a lot of arms, but you only have one soul. So, you should be careful with it, because you don't get more than one. Of those. Wow. I doubt it has much worth. Why would you say that? Well, we calculate worth based on what things can do for us. And frankly, life is transactional. Existence is transactional. We keep people around because we get something out of it, but souls we just kind of have i mean what good are they really what do you do with yours i put it on the line to help others because you want to or because you feel like you should because i was born to And I'm not saying you need to be born to do something. 
but I am Desna's chosen. And for me, that fate was written in the stars. Now, there are days I don't feel a lot like being chosen. There are shitty days. But there are also days when you get it right and when you see people smile and they wouldn't be smiling if you weren't there. So, yeah, I mean, this life chose me, but I chose it right back. Well, that's, um, I'm glad you're able to choose something that's fulfilling for you. You're doing a good job so far. In the story of your life, you write in constellations and I'll figure out what I want to write with my ink. Hmm. Fair enough. I just... Life seldom is. Well, no, I, I, what's happening here? Why are you doing this? What do you mean? Something is different with you. You, there's something and she kind of like closes her eyes and attunes um, to graviton mode and senses like the pull of just the gravity of this emptiness that has been tugging you down ever since you offered your hope, right? Um, and she just says, I don't know what it is, Jabby, but there is something some sort of entropy inside of you. And I, I can't make decisions for you, but I can tell you that you are not a transaction as a person. And if you decide that this life with us isn't what you want, I would never stand in your way. but you will always have a place with us because of all the sacrifices you've made. That was the pact I made with every one of you on the crew. And it hurts me. It hurts me to hear that you feel like a transaction. And she walks away. Uh, he will say under his breath, it may hurt more than you know. Uh, that's a hard one to follow. So during that <laughs> scene, the very end, there's that like moment of like beautiful breath. And then you just see Kia like stumble across the deck with like a thing of rum. Yes. And like Mercy's there and she's like singing a shanty and like just being all sorts of sloppy happy. Destiny. Uh, and uh, she attempts to climb the crow's nest and Mercy is just like, stop it. Don't, don't, tr don't even stop it. Stop it. And she like finally <laughs> falls down the third time and is like, fine. I don't feel good. Can, 
it's the can we go to the kitchen you can get more snacks um and uh and i'm guessing jabby just sees this like drunken parade just like following her back into the kitchen uh amazing to where the other sailors are that's pretty much what she does for the next two weeks beautiful three sets of applause um yeah action uh uh weak actions from you caster I think Castor would be um, uh, doing whatever he can to help out as a novice sailor. Yeah. Because he did try to learn a little bit like that. Yeah. And I, th- and I think in the process of, you know, taking off his jacket and rolling up his sleeves and stuff like that and loosening his buttons, uh, he's going to find the, like, cigarette burns and scratches and all the, the scarring on his skin. Um, and he's looking at it going, huh. Just inky blackness is just clouding his brain um, whenever he's thinking about what happened. What have and- you all done to yourselves? <laughs> what do you mean? Listen. Uh, next round's on me. <laughs> all right, I interrupted Parker. Right. Please continue, Parker. Yeah, um... And whoever is nearby, um, he's uh, w- one of us in the Kingfisher crew. Uh, he's going to say, uh, hey, do you remember if I got these during our adventure here? Or uh, was this back on Brightclaw? Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I'm not sure. Okay, then it might be when I was on Akaton. Maybe. Yeah, probably, probably, probably old stuff. Don't worry about it. Everyone's got some cool scars. Mercy's got one on her right. <laughs> she like interrupts her. <laughs> Just hand over mouth. That's enough. All right. Nice talking to you, Caster. <laughs> she drags you back. <laughs> uh, oh, it's nice to see you too. And you don't see them for five days. Um. (laughs) But only at the moments where things get too dark and you're like, God, this is a sad show. And then Kia shows up for a moment and then you're like, oh, okay. And then it gets sad again. So don't worry. All right. We know what Kia's doing. (laughs) Amaruk, what is Amaruk up for the next couple of weeks? Man. Um, This jabby situation. (laughs) is really rough uh want to dream about it i do i do um she's going to so here's how i know oh miles are you dead please don't die i need you for this dream but also for life um (laughs) she's becoming undead i'm back okay Okay. are you good yeah i think so you good sweet software we'll find out okay Okay, so um, now I kind of made this up and you didn't interrupt it. Uh, so if you want to guide me through how I can use it mm-hmm, uh, moving mm-hmm. forward, please do. Um, but I feel like this weird emptiness that she's feeling from from Jabby is like, it's very related to the, the uh, emptiness that she feels in Graviton power mm-hmm. and the emptiness mm-hmm. she feels from Goruk. Um, a lot of the times. And uh, I think what she is going to do is meditate within 
within that feeling and see where she is, like, what kind of hole is she drawn to fill here? Ooh. Um, yeah. yeah, make a make a sense motive check. Okay. Um, still attuned to that side rail influence, so I'm gonna roll a d20 plus 13 plus a d6 for side real influence it's just chance that we've got influence it's a dance when we type numbers into the thing foundry's gonna roll okay oh it didn't roll (laughs) (laughs) okay wait now now it's rolling yeah okay Oh, man. I'm so close that to a D20. <laughs> I was so close to a 20. Yeah. It's a 16. Yeah. All right. You. <laughs> um, I'm thinking. I'm sorry. That's my. Yeah, I didn't my like evil that laugh thinking at all. Laugh. It's just suspenseful whenever you laugh like that. So you 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 dive down into sleep again, right? Mm-hmm. And before you can even really get there, um, you hear a meow. Well, hello, friend. How are you? It's you guessed it. It's your favorite yeah. hairless boy. Yep, Mr. Skin. So is he really there? Like in my room? There or is this in the dream? Yeah, he's really there. Okay. So she's like, hum, hum, like just like mm-hmm. focusing inward. And then she hears meow and just like one eye creaks open, just leaking with psychic nebula energy. <laughs> and she's like, hello. Can I help you? Tail. Whips back and forth. Do you want scratches? I'm confused. I feel like eyes pierce your very soul. Okay. I'm getting a weird um don't fuck with me vibe from you. That's sort of new. Not really new, but like a little bit pointed. So let's talk, you and I. What's, uh, the last time this happened, you sort of knew what I was doing in my mind. And you pulled me out of it and you saved my life. And I give you lots of credit for that. Um, I think you saved my life. Something like that. It felt saved. Which is, Don't you know, fuck with me and you wake up. Hello? Cold sweat. Okay. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Um, Mr. Skins ain't all that very nice. Yeah. Apparently. She goes, I don't think that is a cat. Wait, that cat got off the ship that time. Is it back on the ship? And she goes looking around in the night for Mr. Skin. You spend the next two weeks looking for Mr. Skin and being unable to find Mr. Skin. Mr. Skin did not get on the ship. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's fine. All right. Jabby, how are you spending the next two weeks? Um, 
<laughs> Jabby is gonna spend a lot of time uh, just looking at everything and trying to catalog as much of it as he can to memory and mm-hmm. in creating his VR world. Um, he has a sense of whatever happens, I want to be able to remember this. Um, and hmm. yeah, he starts to set up several recorded messages of himself. He'll start and stop multiple times. Um, most of them start with, if you're watching this, then I'm sure at this point you're probably mad. Um, oh. And you have every right to be. Um, I don't really know what to say here. Oh, oh, hold on. If you're watching this, you're probably, you probably, if you're watching this, you probably have questions. all right (laughs) and that's how a lot of them will go oh man beautiful all right eventually after weeks of uncertainty and carousing and feeling the darkness creep up on you of the the lost Oh God! This how did this get so dark all of a sudden? It like it's like we reached critical mass, and now it's unavoidable. <laughs> the thing about it is, is like I don't think it's that sudden. I no, think... we've been this way the whole time. Okay, maybe yeah, I've been off in my little head. dream ballet. Um, yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. Anyways, you reach Celifice. In the middle of the night, it is suddenly sunset. Gold streams in through the cabin windows, and cheers go up as you have entered the realm of the Sunset City. You pull into the port, and everyone clambers off the ship, heading off to continue what they do every day in Selefice, which is the moment when you get back from a long journey and you go to have a drink, is repeated on eternity. You, however, head to the palace, clutching the canteen full of the water from the Well of Certainty. Clarity, right? Clarity. That's that's what it is, yep. Certain clarity. Exactly what I said. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So the gates are open for you, and you're led up into into the throne room once again. And you're greeted by the growling voice of Victor, who says, you made it. Yep. I have to be honest, I didn't think... I didn't I didn't think I'd ever see any of you again. <laughs> but welcome... Welcome back. Do you have do you have what I've asked for? Do you have a gift for the king? We certainly do, but that was weirdly sexual. I'm so sorry. I, <laughs> yeah, I thought of it as Elvis. <laughs> the king. Um, still sexual. So yes, sexual. Um here's the thing. Yes, we have it for you. It's in a 
sippy cup of sorts. Uh, you don't have to sip it from the sippy cup. You can, you know, do what you need to do. Um, but we talked to the person thing specter that was guarding this well. And I, I would be remiss you if I You talked were... to it. You spoke to it. You didn't kill it. You, you got... Oh, you got the water without spilling any blood? No, no. we didn't need now to. Now that is a story that will be told every evening. Good. I think it's a story that should be told. It's a story about coming to understandings. Exactly. Which also comes with warnings. Uh, it, just so you know, uh, the civilization of the beautiful city to which you sent us um, was almost infected from their imbibing of this water. Now, they grew to a beautiful, beautiful peak. They progressed in industry and architecture. Let me tell you, some of those marble buildings were just stunning. But, my friend, don't fly too close to the sun. I, I'm just suggesting that you don't drink it. <laughs> uh, fantastic. Thank you so much for your gift and your warning. I have been you are welcome. warned to do many things before that I have done. Right. Hey. We don't have control or responsibility for this. Yeah. No. But I'm taking with medication. Um, you know, if you have an ele- if, if you have an erection lasting more than four hours, <laughs> probably see a doctor. I always have erections lasting more than four hours. Anyways, um, (laughs) I'm the weird one. (laughs) We're both both very strange. Yeah, (laughs) we both don't know when to stop. (laughs) It's a team effort. Yeah, it's it's all of us together. Anyways, um, Victor says, but but you you have now earned what I offered. Great. We'd love to be out of your hair and So I have I have done my own looking into the matter and I know where the shadow is. Where? Well, here's the thing. As I see it, you have a choice. That weapon that you carry the thing that you have to fight the shadow with. It can only be used once. And this stone I have in my possession, the stone that locks the souls of all of your dwarven friends here, it's impervious to most things, but would not be impervious to that weapon. So you have to choose to either break the hold on all of the dwarves who are stuck here in the Twilight City, or to kill your foe. So I know the right decision. It's not the easy one. 
Well, if... <clears throat> well, if... If killing our foe means that we condemn every single dwarf to living in this dimension, then... I mean, I already know what my answer is. Oh, wait, no, no, no. If we kill the... If we kill our foe... Then we can come back for the stone and figure out how to kill that. I'm saying we kill the foe, prevent it from doing more evil, and then we free the dwarves. I think we also have to remember the big picture here, Caster, because this thing is blinking out lives and it did it to the dwarves and that doesn't mean it can't do it again if we do not stop it we potentially condemn more people maybe even our own people who are currently in some manner of strife and struggle then how do we save the dwarves hecklin and mercy I don't well, think you do. That's why it's I mean, a choice. The, the biggest yeah. problem here, I think, is that with the exception of mercy, they are happy. They're happy living a lie. This isn't their home. But to them, it is true. Haven't you ever wanted to live something pretty that wasn't real? If reality was too painful? No, I'd want to live! I'd want to live as genuinely as possible! I don't want to be fed lies and- Do you? As the person that gave up their traumatic memory, she says, still mm -hmm. a little hungover. We have people who we can save. Hold on, give up my traumatic suffer. memory? Who- what you, traumatic memory? You deleted a memory that was, um, let's say, uh, not great. <laughs> uh, so uh, I, I feel like you really don't need to be talking like you're higher than everyone else right now. Kia, does it have something to do with this? And he pulls up his sleeve and shows all the scars. Yes, Probably. it does. Yeah. Then why did you tell me on the ship? What do you mean? I... Because, Caster, we don't know hardly anything about you. You gave up this memory that was so important to you about a person we'd never heard you speak of. How could we have helped you? A person How that did this to me? You think that's an important memory? Well, you clearly thought it was worth sacrificing. I'm sorry that I'm yelling. I'm just trying to explain we couldn't help you know more about yourself because you never told us the story. And frankly, your secrets are your own to keep. I cannot judge you. Exactly. Or not, but there are people we can save now. But we didn't put you in a prison of lies. We didn't know and I just wanted to be clear. But what you did Caster, it brought us here to this choice because you were brave, because you were willing to sacrifice something. And I respect you so much for that. And I'm really sorry that I don't know 
what it was you lost. I wish I did. Well, that makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Caster. Yajabi? Want to remember what you lost? Do you? I... I suppose so. If you ask me and think hard on it, I can dedicate a long time of studying it, seeing if those memories can be brought back. But keep in mind the decision that you already made to get rid of them because they're painful. I also could try a mind probe. It'd be very, very painful for you, but I might be able to extract some fragments of information. If you can't tell the difference, does it really matter? What's real, what isn't? Thank you guys, but I don't think I'm gonna take your offers. I... I don't think I got rid of it because it was too painful. I mean, it's already happened. I think I must have experienced it in the past already. I think I got rid of it because it just, I guess it felt like ballast, you know, it was weighing me down. You used that weight and we could now use it to help one person or we could use it for the promise to help millions of people. And it's shitty. It's a shitty choice. But it's well, the one that we are going to be tasked with making. And she sort of like looks around to all of them. Well, that's a choice I don't want to make. And he takes out his knife and, you know, spins around his fingers and, you know, throws it on the floor and it sticks, you know? Yeah. Well, who's going to be? Who's going to make the decision? Uh, Mercy didn't come with us, right? No. Or is she here? Okay. Um. Yeah, not I so easy, is it? I, I never said it was easy. Didn't I just know what's right and what is easy. The easy thing is to free the people we know. The hard thing is to free the people that we may have nothing in common with that are <laughs> may live in a completely different dimension. I, I honestly think we have to vanquish this beast because if we don't, <laughs> who is gonna? We, we've come this far. We have this kind of information. We have to use it. And to be honest, I'm not so sure that we don't know the people it could affect. These three planets? Yeah. They're all connected by this pre-gap system of temples and portals. And we've barely begun to scratch the surface there. And I know I always sound so crazy when I talk to you about my dreams, but those dreams are gifts. They are signposts. And I have seen 
many stars blinked out. Many planets, just the reflection in that light becoming nothing. We could be saving planets full of people. And Euralia could be saving many planets of people, Caster. She holds time open as we speak. Think of her sacrifice too. We have a chance to save people. If we don't take this, we're weighing our choice not to save people against everything we've done to get to this point. I will speak from the I perspective because I don't know all of your lives and I will not speak for you. I can't. For me, even if it was to save a village of people, if I could save someone and I made the choice not to, I wouldn't be able to live with myself. Take what choice? There's no point in everything we've done to now. Take what choice? Mercy's standing at the door. Uh... Mercy. Uh, and, and Kia goes to meet her. Uh, she <laughs> uh, gets to her eye level in the non-condescending way that they had figured out how to do. Um, we have to make a choice. What choice? And we need your input. And this is... we. Uh, okay. Our two choices. One... There is a stone that imprisons all of the dwarves here on this dimension, your family, your friends. Yes. And there is also this terrible monster that could blink out worlds in a second. Yes, the thing have, that brought us here. Yeah. Correct. We have one weapon with one use that can only take out one of the opponents that can only free your dwarven. Great. So we free the dwarves. Or save potentially millions of people. I am of the opinion that we should try and save as many people as we can. Especially since your dwarven kindred are in no harm. So you would doom my family to this? To this lie? So you doom all my people to nothingness. That's not what I'm saying. That's exactly what you're saying. You... I... Well, I mean, do you want to come talk to me? And you, she looks at Amaruk, one who would never leave her crew behind. Abandoning your friends when they need you most abandoning your friends when they're so helpless that they can't even see that they need help. It's not that simple, and I wish it was. It is that simple for us caught in the trap. Our people are also potentially going to die. Then let us help you instead of acting like a coward and Killing us without even letting us know. I am the only one who gets to face the damnation of my people, and I consider myself lucky for that. 
Lucky because I have a chance, or I had a chance, and I threw all, all of my hope and my care and my help on you. Uh, Don't. Mercy, I... I don't... And Kia kind of, like, turns back to the group and goes, There must be another way! There must be some other thing. Victor, I'm sure in your your knowledge, your, your worldly knowledge, you've come across something that could vanquish a beast like this. I've never seen something other than that that could kill a god. We've seen its power when it was weakened on our side. If we don't use that weapon to kill that god, everything and everyone that comes into contact with it is lost. Like fuel. Mercy, I will spend the rest of my life trying to free your kindred from this place, but I cannot, I cannot doom possibly millions of people right now. You here are safe. I know you're safe and you're in a place that is very strange and very alien, but I know you're safe. And that's all I have right now. And I need to stop this darkness before it consumes <laughs> and destroys other people. You're a liar. And you're a traitor. Yeah. Yes. Leave us. Fine. Do what you must. <laughs> I hope your people survive, though mine could not. And she turns and walks out. And that is our game for tonight. Thank you so much for listening to Starfound. Once again, please leave us a like or a follow or whatever it is and a positive review wherever you are listening. And please head over to patreon.com slash starfoundpod in order to pledge to help support us and get some added benefits and a mess of extra Starfound content. And remember, you can tip in order to help or hinder the players at streamlabs.com slash hearthsingergames. Thank you again for listening and for your support, and we'll be back next week. See you soon, Starfam. This podcast uses trademarks and or copyrights owned by Paizo Incorporated, which are used under Paizo's community use policy. We are expressly prohibited from charging you to use or access this content. This podcast is not published, endorsed, or specifically approved by Paizo Incorporated. For more information about Paizo's community use policy, please visit paizo.com slash community use. For more information about Paizo Incorporated and Paizo products, please visit paizo.com. 
Music by Murder Sauce.